I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Hey, everybody. We're in uh, the Songtown podcast room, which is not even real. It's virtual. But we're here with you, and we're excited. We've got a topic today that we've never talked about before, but it's something that came up recently with our writers uh, in Vibe City. So we wanted to educate people about it. Um, and it relates to song split sheets. So a true song split sheet, it's just something you fill out at the end of every day when you write a song that shows all the, the contact information for each writer. So it has like phone number, email, um, and then it's got PRO information. So it tells if the writers with ASCAP or BMI or CSAC or SOCAN or, you know, PRS or whoever it might be, depending on where you are in the world. And it has your um, IPI numbers from your PRO. And all that information is important because if the song gets placed or something, it you can make sure that everybody gets paid correctly if you have those numbers. For example, there's another Marty Dodson that we have involved in Songtown and Rights in Town. And her PRO number, uh, IPI number with the PRO and mine help distinguish between our songs so that you know she's not getting my money i'm not getting her money so that that information is really important to share and then it it identifies the percentage that each person gets of the song so if clay and i write a song typically it would say you know clay mills 50 percent, marty dodson 50 percent, and then it lists our publishers if we have publishers and how much percentage they have you know so if we had a 50 50 copub it would say whatever my publisher was slash my publishing company, uh, and then uh, show that each of those got 50%. Those are great. That's really important information to have, and it's great for your record keeping. But what happens a lot of times is publishers or other entities turn the song split sheet into a contract where you are assigning certain rights and giving up certain rights other than just those percentages. And that's where it kind of gets dicey sometimes. So that's what we want to talk about. And Clay, do you have any comments before I dive into this particular example? Yeah. I mean, basically that's it for me. I mean, if you don't know the way the copyright law in the United States works is in the absence of a contract, Every writer has got an equal share. So if nobody does a split sheet, everybody's got an equal share. And that's pretty much how a lot of my professional life has been, where we, everyone just has an equal share of the song. Um, so at the end of the day, these split sheets that more and more we're seeing, I think they're a great way to keep a record of who is writer on the song, who's the publisher on the song because sometimes you know i've written with marty a lot of years his publisher might change next year and so i need to know that i need to know on that song who his publisher was and so it's a it's a great way to keep a record of who the writers are and what's their publishing information like you said so it's just good record keeping but what we're seeing now are people that are trying to take all the admin rights to songs they're trying to have complete control of songs just one writer like and so that's where i think you said the split sheet turns into the shit sheet 
Just exactly. part, pardon yep. my French. <laughs> <laughs> There's difference in split sheets and shit sheets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so yeah, the kind of thing that, that happens sometimes and they, and they, you know, they might try to get you, you know, just, Hey, can you just sign this split sheet as if it's nothing and you don't read it, you don't understand all these things. So, you know, the particular one uh, that we got recently, there was, um, there were different splits for some of the writers, which was okay. Cause what they had done was they had given our writer and the lead singer for the band equal shares. And then a couple other members may, of the band, maybe that didn't participate as much in the song got lesser shares and that's fine. Some bands work that way. And I've, I, every now and then I've done that with a band, you know, if, if some of them really don't participate that much in the right, maybe the whole band splits a share and then I get a share. Um, so that, you know, that part was fine. But then it went on to say, um, each writer shall mutually approve each license for a use of composition, such approval not to be unreasonably withheld, provided that any use by writer one, which is the artist, shall be deemed approved. So <laughs> you're giving one of the songwriters, which is the artist, unlimited right to do whatever they want to do with the song. Right there in the first paragraph. Right. And so then, where this where this matters is you get a call and Keith Urban wants to record your song. But artist writer number one on your sheet goes, no, this is a good song. I'm just going to put it on Spotify myself. And then all of a sudden you've lost your Keith Urban cut because your co-writer has decided to hijack your song. So it that's one instance I can see where it could really bite you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then there's a clause that says um, each party agrees to abide by the requirements of, of the license. Any use of each composition as required under the controlled composition clause in a recording agreement between writer one and any record label. So what that's saying is controlled comp is a clause that is in many recording contracts that artists sign with record labels. And what it says is that the, they don't have to pay the statutory rate for that song. So they're saying if we cut songs that the artist wrote, we're going to pay less for the whole song. And the trouble with this clause in particular, not only is the, the writer getting the short end of the stick because, you know, the artist is out there making money on touring. They're making money on merch. You know, they've got lots of other sources of income. The songwriter has one. And so if the song is getting paid less, the songwriter is losing their part of their only source of income. The other problem with this clause is it doesn't even specify what the, like a low range of what the, you know, it could be. So instead of 9.25 cents, it could be, they say we're going to pay three cents per wow. sale, you know, and then that's split between all the writers and the publishers and all that kind of thing. So, you know, it, you would never sign a contract that's just kind of a blank check. And that clause is a blank check of like, Hey, I agree to any control comp clause that this artist agrees to. And you don't have to do that as a writer. You know, you can just say, no, I'm not going to do that. You got to pay me the regular rate. If you're, you know, if you want to pay your artist less and they agree to that, that's fine. But that's not something you have to agree to. And when I called the people out on that clause, they said, okay, we'll take that out. You know, well, but you, if you don't know and you just sign it, then you're agreeing to that deal. So I think as a writer, once it, because some of the language you started, you know, 
reading off there, it's, it just said, it sounded like contract language. And I'm, so anything that is not writer splits and who the publisher is, and it starts sounding like contract language, first of all, you can't really sign it because, until you get a lawyer to look at it. Because you don't, unless you know exactly, it, it, we have experience, we know what we're dealing with. But when I first started out, I had no idea. I, I would have signed something like that. So if it starts sounding like a contract, I just wouldn't sign it. Yeah. You're better off just having the equal splits of no split sheet. And, right. you know, nobody can make you sign a, a deal like that. So, I, and don't be afraid. You go, well, they're an artist. They may cut my song. Don't don't let somebody bully you like that, you know, into signing it. You're a songwriter. You have the, every right to your part of your song 100%. You should control your part of the song and don't sign it over. So if it starts sounding like a contract, either have an attorney look at it or don't sign it. The, those are your yeah. two options. Yeah, absolutely. The... um another clause I want to bring up that it has in there is it gives writer number one, the right to um, authorize perpetual synchronization and other necessary licenses free of charge or royalties. <laughs> so if, if the artist decides, Hey, I want to give this to all my fans and not charge them for it. If they buy my t-shirt, then the songwriter gets no money every time someone buys the t-shirt and the song gets given away, you know, or it so, might be the artist goes, well, it would be great exposure for me to be in this Chevy commercial. I'm just going to let Chevy use the song. And you, yeah. you've got no, you've lost tons of money at that point. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just super important. It's important to educate yourself about what these clauses mean. But like Clay said, you know, you just don't want to sign something that's a contract without running it by a lawyer, you know, and there's lawyers that would probably do this was a simple short contract. You could probably find a lawyer that would do it for a hundred dollars. And that would be a good investment of your time to, you know, to understand what's going on with with the thing that you're signing. The other thing, you know, is if you do have a publisher, you can't really sign this kind of document, you yeah. know. And, you know, most of the time a publisher or somebody that knows what they're doing can negotiate these things out, you know. So in our case with Vibe City, I just said, nope, not doing point A, B and C. We're just not going to do that. And so they said, well, send us the language you want. And, and they're changing it to what we're comfortable with, which doesn't give up any of those things, you know. <clears throat> so, you know, don't ever feel like if someone wants to sign your song, and they love the song, you have negotiating power. You know, I hear people all the time say, well, I don't have any hits. I didn't have any way to negotiate. Well, no, if they think it's a hit song, you've got lots of leverage to negotiate. And you can, uh, you know, stand up for yourself and not necessarily take all of those things. You know, you might not be able to get all of them out, but uh, you can get some of them out. You know, and the ways, one of the ways this has played out in, in my career is I got a couple of pop cuts one time and, the day that the record came out. So the CD is at target. In fact, I went to target that morning and bought it. <clears throat> so I'm holding the CD and the record label called my publisher and said, Oh, we forgot to tell you they have a control comp clause and it's going to be, you know, we're going to pay 
nine, I mean, instead of 9.25, we're going to pay 6.25. And we were able to say, well, no, unless you want to go get them all from Target and Walmart and everywhere, <laughs> you, we're not going to do that. And so they had to pay us the regular rate, you know. So j- just being familiar with those terms can really help you negotiate. And like Clay said, if you're better off sign- not signing a, p- a split sheet than signing a horrible shit sheet. Yeah, I mean, if you just write a song and there's no artist involved with, you know, no one's cutting the song yet, I, I don't see why you're signing a contract on a song. You, you've you just right. written a song, you know? Yeah. And so you have you have your, your rights to what you have and they have the rights to what they have. And there's no reason to spell it out. It's just, you know, it, it already exists in the copyright law. You don't have to spell out every detail and try to take yeah. someone else's, you know, rights from them. You know, and sometimes there there are publishers out there who are maybe a little bit shady that will try to get you to sign a split sheet that gives them part of your publishing, you know, so they may say, well, if you're going to write with our writers, then we get 50% of your publishing, you know, or we want to sign this song, but, you know, we want to sign it over here with Joe, your co-writer, but we also need your 50% publishing and you don't have to do that stuff. No, you know, like if Clay or I, if one of our writers writes a song with two other people, we're not going out trying to harass those people going, Hey, you need to sign us to your publishing as well. You know, we hope that those writers are out there working the song too, and that maybe they have a publisher or a, a song plugger that's working it. So we're all working together to get this song cut we're not out there trying to scoop up everybody's publishing on the songs. And so if you see that kind of behavior and someone asks you to sign a split sheet that way, you know, you need to make sure that it doesn't, that you're not signing away your publishing to that publisher as well, you know, unless that's your intent. Yeah. And, you know, we can't answer every question on this podcast, but if you ever have a question about a contract or something like that, um, you can email me, clay at songtown.com or Marty and we're happy for our members we do that all the time though they'll, they'll be like i wrote this song with an artist and they're telling me unless i give them my publishing they're not going to put it on their record and then mm-hmm. so we you know we have to go through and okay well has this artist had any success no have you had any success a little well yeah you've had more success than the artist why isn't the artist giving you the, the publishing <laughs> i mean it's <laughs> right you know so um, we can help kind of put your mind in the right place if you email us, if you have questions like that. We do that for members all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And Clay and I will never tell you it's okay to sign something, but we can plenty of times tell you not to sign it. Yeah. You know, so it, we're going to say, if we, you know, if we think it looks pretty good, we're going to say you need to get a lawyer to double check it, but it looks good to us. And otherwise, we're going to say, here's why I would not sign this. You know, we'll, get, we'll lay out the reasons like we did with this one. But we are glad to do that for our Songtown members. Awesome. All right. Watch out for those pitch. I mean, those split sheets. Don't sign them. If it's something more, if it sounds like a contract. It is a contract. So be careful. Check out our show notes for links to our books. Clay's got a great new one out on melody writing. We've got one on co-writing, on lyric writing. Uh, You can find all that stuff there. And we'd love for you to check out Songtown because we've got a great 
worldwide community of songwriters who uh, just try to write better songs every day, every time out. See y'all. All right, we're going to leave you with a song. This is a very cool one called Origami Crown, written by Miroslav Losansky and submitted. He's a podcast listener, so we're appreciative of him sending in the song, and uh, I love it. Hope you do, too. Come on, girl, let's get it.